spirit of reconciliation, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to the elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples today. Welcome to Totally Lit, the podcast celebrating reading, writing and creating literature. I'm your host, Kai Garvey. Thank you for listening. This episode, I'm pleased to welcome the multi-talented author Louis White. Louis is an experienced journalist and corporate writer who has written for major daily newspapers in Australia and around the world, including The Australian, The Sydney Morning Herald, The Australian Financial Review, The Age, The Guardian and The Financial Times. In 2013, he expanded his skills to become an author and published his first book, Sandcastles. Inspired by his daughter Lily and her curiosity and passion for nature, he began writing the Adventures of Lily series with an aim to encourage children to get closer to nature and understand the world around them. His other books include A Christmas Story and an adult fiction book titled One Season. The Adventures of Lily series is published by White Tiger Media and is available in soft cover form from the following websites www.louiwhite.com, www.whitetigermedia.com.au, and booktopia.com.au. Louis White, welcome to Totally Lit. Thank you for having me on your show, Kai. You're very welcome. I'm excited to hear about your Adventures of Lily series. Can you tell me more about it? Uh, yeah, sure. Like many, many years ago, I was sitting in a winery in the Hunter Valley and I saw a bee land on a flower. I thought, wouldn't it be good to tell children's stories about ecology and mm. the environment, but in a simple rhyming fashion? Anyway, I forgot all about it. I probably had too many wines that day. And then, you know, many years later when my daughter was three, reading through books, I thought, God, I had that idea years ago. I should actually go back and explore it. So I um, started researching five of the most important insects humans need to um, to remain alive on this earth. And I discovered it was bee, butterfly, ant, earthworm, and beetle. Okay. Five, not, not five out of that first seven or eight. I think there's some weird ones in there that I just couldn't imagine writing about. And then I just started writing, and I thought, well, how am I going to tell the story? So I thought, well, I'll use my daughter Lily as the main character, mm-hmm. and she's outside in each experience, and she'll meet you know, each of the insects in the five separate books, and they will tell her, and they'll explain to her uh, what they do, the importance of their role in society, and why you know, humans need them. We need bees for wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a focus of... On nature in the books, um, mm. why do you think it's important to impart that message to care for nature to children? I think it's important that children understand what's around them. It's very easy for kids these days, especially with working parents, like, you know, put your kids in front of the iPads, laptops. But we need to get children outside to understand the whole bigger picture of the environment and the world. And for children to get out and explore, it's amazing how much their brains will tick over and it will allow creative thought and discovery. So the more you can explain to them, because the books are meant to be for them to ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, go and ask their parents questions, ask their teachers, go away, do some, go to the library and look things up mm-hmm. to actually expand their knowledge base. And I think, you know, today, a lot, of, a lot of things we get, like, for example, the latest iPhone come out, but no one actually wants to know how it works. I just want to know it, it does work. 
You know I definitely mean? don't know how mine works. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, we need to really uh, nurture the curiosity that children have. Mm. And it's a danger, I think, in society going forward that we're sort of taking that away by giving people solution, ready-made solutions within a click of a button, you know, without actually even thinking about well, how does that work, what went wrong, how do we change it, how do we fix this ourselves. Mm, and not having any curiosity, just accepting something is and not really investigating it any further. And I understand where you're coming from there. Now, you self-published The Lily Adventures. Right. What's that experience been like? Is it, have you found it challenging or has there been benefits to, to doing the process yourself? It's a good question. It's, it's that I started an MBA years ago and I worked in some really big publishing companies, magazine and newspaper companies in Australia and England. And so I had a lot of experience, you know, being a publisher, being an editor-in-chief, chief of staff, etc. And I did a couple of adult books, and I used a distributor and a publisher, and I just found it wasn't getting much traction. They weren't really doing anything, and I was, I was getting like 10%. So I thought, yeah, there is a difference know, in yeah. what you so make. I do, I do it myself, but you do learn the hard way because there's a lot to the process. Mm. For example, with children's books, like how thick do you have the paper so the illustrations don't show through and the weight when it comes to doing their spines, because printers in Australia, and I printed in Australia to keep it local and keep the control, want at least 32 pages, preferably mm. four, because the thicker the spine, the better the book sticks together. Yeah. And uh, so then you've got to try and think, well, how do I expand this? Then you've got to find the illustrator. Look, we talk, I don't know about you, but it took me two years to find an illustrator. You'd find one that could actually draw children well, but not insects, or one... They draw the insects like real life that scare kids. You've seen a big <laughs> ad face close up. It's quite scary, you know? You'll be. So there was a bit of a process to find the right illustrator? Um, yes. So how did you go about that? Did you advertise or did you just start looking yourself at illustrators? Good question. I went on Illustrators Australia. I went on a worldwide site. I got some people send me some samples, do a couple of mock drawings. And then eventually I came across uh, Emma Stewart, uh, who's done that at least 30 kids' books, I think, and she sort of got it straight away. You're sort of waiting for someone to get the connection of the words, you know, with their images straight away, and, then, and, you, and you know. Do you yes. know what I mean? It's like you know straight away that, that they're the ones, the right people to do it. And so, yeah, we've done four books, I think, so far. Yeah, we did Louie and the Dragon as well, and she's doing another one now, um, Princess Lily and the Magic Lake, which is a story I made up one night to my and daughter, turning into a book. Does um, your character, Lily, look like your daughter, Lily? You're not identical. I would. I didn't want to keep it a hundred percent because in case you got teased, whatever. Because at first she was like, "Dad, why are you writing books about me?" Mm-hmm. And then when you took them to school, everyone thought she was famous. So <laughs> she loved me. <laughs> uh, my sons are twenty and seventeen, and I just recently took my seventeen-year-old into a bookshop to show him my book and I'm like look you inspired this character and he just was like mum you did, you haven't won a Nobel Peace Prize um, very unimpressed um, about inspiring a character in a picture book so I'm super proud of it he is very um, thinks it's uncool so you have been writing for adults in the past and you've got a journalistic background and publishing background how hard was it to switch to writing for children you know, just changing that tone. Yeah, I think, you know, the hardest part was I was very much inspired by the Julia Donaldson books, mm-hmm. you know, The Gruffalo and Room on a Broom. I thought I wanted to get the rhyming right. That took a long time. 
because you, you, you know, you get the basic messaging, what you want to do, do the research, that part, the core part, but getting it to rhyme, not to be too serious, not to be lame, getting that balance is mm. difficult. So the first book I talked to my, took to my daughter's school and I got teachers to read it to the class. Yep. I got feedback from the kids, feedback from the teachers. Initially, I was going to do that uh, a few copies, but then I got really positive feedback. I thought, okay, I'll expand it mm. and I'll try out, go out and start publishing and see how it goes. But yeah, it was, it's a lot harder than people, I think it's harder to write an adult's book, to be honest, writing a children's book. The tone, yeah, the style. The point across the very quickly as well. Like there's not yeah. a lot of words to actually use. Yes, well, the average children's book's about 600 words and mine's around about 800, both all my books. And again, people saying, oh, it's too long. But I thought, if you watch a video that you like, you don't really care the length, you just keep watching it. You know, and again, I went through watching children's reactions and no one ever got that feedback from any of the children that are sitting in the classroom. So I thought, well, I'll keep it to what, what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Well, while you've got the creative control, you you can keep it yeah. to the length that you want. Um, I think the I, I have read a story of a thousand words to kids, and they were slightly too young for the story, and I lost them. I I knew when I'd lost the kids, and I was like, okay. <laughs> This is not the right um, place to read this one, um, but it's sort of a, yeah, the kids let you know very quickly if they're engaged or whether they've lost interest. So, so if we wanted to get a copy of any of the Lily series, where could we find your books? Lily and the Ant, exclusively on Booktopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have all the books, Booktopia. And my own two websites, White Tiger Media and lilywhite.com have all the books bar Lily and the Ant because I didn't deal with Booktopia. Just that one exclusively. Excellent. Okay, now I've got a few questions for you um, just about yourself and your reading habits. Can I ask you, did you have a favourite book growing up? I don't think I did. I read a lot, though. I remember from a young young boy locking myself in my bedroom and using books as a means of escape. I do remember The Merry-Go-Round in the Sea by Randolph Stowe. I was probably teen. I was still at school. I'm not sure how old I was. For some reason, that always stuck with me. And if you could be any book character, who would it be? I don't know. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Lots of chocolate. <laughs> uh, I guess the equivalent, the little um, men at his disposal to do all the work. That would be helpful. Um, have you, is there anything that you're reading right now? Yeah, I'm reading a lot of law books. I'm studying I'm a Jewish doctor in law. Part time. Okay. So, so I, I haven't got much time to. I start, did start reading Lorraine Brody's latest book, but I haven't had a chance to finish it. It's very easy to read, though. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes it's good to be able to pick up something that um, it's got a good plot, and you want to keep reading it, but it doesn't actually strain your yes. brain. You know, yes. just so you can decompress a bit. Okay. If you could have five literary people to dinner, who would they be? Yes. Uh it's a very good question. Uh, Ian McGowan, probably Graeme Swift, uh, Thomas Keneally, uh, two more, haven't I? Who else? It's hard. <laughs> so many choices. But, uh, I don't, there's a couple of female authors and I couldn't tip my tongue. I'm trying to remember who they are. Oh, I've read a lot of, um, oh, what's her name? It stacks for her books. Yeah, we can come back to that um, <laughs> if it comes back to you. Um, what advice would you give yourself if you could go back to the beginning of your writing journey? 
Uh, trust yourself. Mm. I think it's very easy, easy when you start off as a young journalist or even as a young author to be too influenced by other people. Yeah. But I stick to your style. Do you know what I mean? You'll get a niche audience at some point. But um, I just think stick to your style and believe in yourself. Now, I'm going to take you back a bit to your decisions about self-publishing. Um, did you trial any submissions through traditional publishing first or was it a firm decision straight away to go self-published? No, I knew it was self-publishing immediately. I've been, I've done books through publishers and even I spoke to a couple of well-known children's authors who said they were only getting a week's publicity now, you know, and they said it's just, and then do the rest yourself. And I thought, well, I'm getting a week's publicity. I might as well just do the rest myself. And there's so many tax benefits to doing it. And you can control the whole process, yep. you know, from the design to the paper quality to the printer you choose to where you distribute it. Like, I just felt like I was old enough and, you know, experienced enough to go down that route. But you could do it yourself. I mean, the hardest part, I don't know if, you know, if you've come across, is the social media aspect. Yes. Where do you do? How much Facebook, Instagram, Twitter do you do? Like, do you do advertising? You know, there's, there's so many factors to get right there. And again, that took a while to find the right people mm. to work. It can be a, a real challenge at social media because you feel you need to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then also, what I've found recently is as my book has come out, I've had a bit of a wave of people adding me as a friend on Facebook. But then wanting to sell me things because they're like, yeah. oh, I'm an illustrator or I'm a this, I'm a that, I can sell you my services. And also that concern of the, just those general scammers that are there to try and um, convince you to lure you into giving them money. Um, yeah. So as, as a first-time author myself, I, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed with which direction to take. Um, and I think that that's uh, one thing that, especially if you're a little bit naive or you're um, not business savvy yet, it can be really difficult to be in the publishing industry as a first-timer. I totally agree. And I think the advantage I had there is, like, I was a business manager at a publishing company in the UK for four years. Mm. So I did all the financials, all the business plans. So I knew the cost process. You know, I've been, I've been behind the scenes. So not many people have that experience. So that's why... You know, I thought it was, it was safer to go in that route. It doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes because, of course, I have, you know. Oh, we, all, we all make uh, mistakes, that's for sure. That's the only way to learn, really, isn't it? That's the way I look at a mistake. Um, now, have you been going out to schools and bookshops and things like that, visiting and reading the book? Yeah, I've done quite a few schools. It's quite funny how many questions children ask. And at times, I like, oh, that's like throwing my hands up going, yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't answer that question any more simply than I already have. Like, it's just, but it's great. It's so curious, you know. It, it's interesting that you can never predict what's going to come at you next, and um, I'm still in the first stages of getting out there in that way. But um, and did you find what did you find in response? Like, um, a children's book author is usually a tr traditionally there's a lot more female picture book authors out there than uh, male authors. How did you find, was there any different response to you from the kids or did they not blink an eye? No, they didn't mind at all. Like, it's just funny. They just wanted to know more about 
the insects were riding. And the last one I did, they, one girl was adamant, you've got to write a book about a mosquito. <laughs> I love mosquitoes. Can you please do it? But no, they love the illustrations. They're so colourful and, you know, vivid. And they were just intrigued by it all, you know, what do bees do, what do butterflies do, what do ants do, really? Because you can sit there and look at an ant but not really understand. You know, you see it walking from one, one part of the floor to the other. And those are things annoying, but actually it's vital for us. You know? And in terms of sales, have you found that school visits have, have helped uh, with your promotion and sales of the book? Yeah, definitely. And I think mothers' groups and parents' groups have helped a lot with the sales. You know, I, was a, I had a profile done on, on the Mosman Daily, which is the local newspaper here last week. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a spike in sales after that. Oh, okay, and, excellent. Yeah. Mm. And have you been driving all that in terms of marketing? Is that... Do you, have you employed someone to do that for you? Are you doing all that yourself? No, I've employed a publicist and a social media person. Okay, great, right. to, mm. to help with all of that. So yeah. I think it can be so easy to get lost in where to start as well. It's like, okay, I've written a book and, and it is in print out in the world. What do I do next? Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. And like little people, people think, you know, they've done the hard work writing a book and it's a magnificent achievement. You know, but then you think, I've got to do the marketing now. And it's, can't do everything yourself. It's just too much, you know. I think where possible, you get help, go for it, you know. Have you got any recommendations for other picture book authors that are self-publishing about, have you got any tips you can share with them on on how to market? Yeah, look, I'd say, like, plan a social media campaign over, like, two, three months. Yeah. So, and have posts... And you can pre-plan your posts so they come out at a certain time. So do some research on the best sites to post out at the best times, equally important. Also, utilise your network as much – sounds obvious, but utilise your network as much as possible. Parents at school, sporting clubs you're involved in, you know, it doesn't matter where you met people you know people from, mm. use them to help you promote your book because you'd be surprised uh, how that can aid sales quickly. Right, okay. And, and reach out again, your local paper – local communities, whatever you, whatever you can do uh, within your network and then start expanding. It's like you know, one layer at a time, so to speak. Okay. But the more visual you are on social media, and you can do that stuff yourself, you know, if yeah. you really want to. It's not hard to do posts. You know, you see a picture in 30 words, really. And, but don't make it all salesy. Make some of it educational. Make some of it just about life itself. Don't just go sale, sale, sale with every post. You'll turn people off. It is difficult. It's like, how many times has someone seen this cover now? (laughs) Will they share it or won't they share it? Um, Yeah, it's a very – you want to sell your book, but you – maybe I'm just too um, mild where where I'm like, I've I've already shared it today. Should I share it again? (laughs) And your um, business, White Tiger Media, did you put that together – to publish your books, or was that already in existence beforehand? No, I did put it together. I was looking to do books, you know, potentially TV, movies down the line at some point, forever get there, but yes. And I wanted a, a name, like, because my daughter's middle name was supposed to be Tiger, but we changed our minds at the last minute. But So I just wanted a, a symbol, an emblem, whatever you want to call it, that was actually was strong, you know, and it cut the company name was broad enough. You know, why, why I called it White Tiger Media Productions to incorporate other types of work going down the line. 
And do you take on other people's books? Do you do publishing for anyone else? That's the aim. The aim always yeah. was to expand, do my books first, so I get enough books out, mm-hmm. and then to expand. I'm actually getting both websites rebuilt at the moment. And so next year onwards, I'll be taking submissions from other people to actually you know, view both adult fiction and children's uh, fiction to okay. And would that be, is that going to be like a, a hybrid version of publishing or would you be looking at doing a traditional publishing arrangement or purely I would like to self-publish, can you help me? Uh, good question. I'm happy to do all sorts. I'm happy to do both traditional and hybrid. So right. happy because I don't believe, see, I always, this is what I don't understand about publishers. It's like if you get an author in first time or whatever and having this fixed rate, it should be incentives. Mm. So, like, if you sell a thousand books, you get ten percent. You sell two thousand, you get fifteen percent of the royalties. The authors and the illustrators, as well, and whatever you know, creative people involved in the process, should be getting rewarded for the more books that they sell. Mm. And it shouldn't just be the publisher taking in the money. You know, it's that contract at the start. <laughs> if you sign it, that's what you get. So. <laughs> exactly. I know. Like, whenever you start a new job. You know what, sorry, you negotiate. It's not going to change a great deal unless you change positions, mm. you know. I think the challenge is the unknown of knowing, like, you've, you've signed a contract, your book is out in the world, then you've got to hope the public embraces it. And that's, yes. like, there's only so much you can sell yourself, but there's also got to be that people actually like it. That's that's why yeah. they're buying it. Um, So, um, yeah, it's uh, an interesting process because some of it um, you just have to um, hold your breath and roll the the dice a little bit at times. Well, it's definitely an element of risk, no doubt Mm. about it. But the thrill, as you would know, of seeing that first book come out is a great feeling, you know, of all the hard work that you've done. And uh, it just incentivised me to keep going. It, it is a very amazing feeling to get to that mm-hmm. point, and I encourage all of the other authors that are listening to keep, to keep trying. If you're not published yet, just keep going because um, you don't you never know who's going to pick it up and and like it and and go with it. So sometimes, if your story is not right for one publisher, it might be right for another, and it might be that you just decide to publish it yourself if if it's not going the way you want. Um, you can take control and do it, do it yourself as well. Very true. Well, thank you very much for your time, Louis, and sharing some of your knowledge and your beautiful stories with us. Um, we'll um, put all of your websites in our show notes so that people can come and check out your books and, and purchase them and also um, check out your publishing as well um, if they might be thinking of something to reach out to you next year. Sure. Um, That'd be great. Thank you. Amazing. And last the last two authors, you can go with Harper Lee. Harper uh, Lee, that's a good one, yep. Yes, and Agatha Christie. Oh, I would love that dinner party. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Louis. Great. Thank you. Writing stories for children can seem like a very simple task, but there is a skill involved in bringing memorable characters and their worlds to life. Anyone can write a picture book, but not everyone can write a picture book that becomes a child's favourite bedtime story. The best children's picture books fire up their imaginations, evoke emotion, and stay within their memories forever. 
Authors Online was created to provide aspiring authors the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to become a published children's book author. Our extensive industry knowledge will be shared with you and provide you with the basic principles behind writing for children, picture book publishing guidelines, and updates on the current market and publishing environment. And as a special offer for Totally Lit listeners, if you go to authorsonline.com.au, you can apply the discount code of LIT20, that's lit two zero to access discount content at authorsonline.com.au. Totally Lit is an independent podcast. You can help support us to continue to chat with wonderful Australian creatives by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing our socials with your friends. You can also make a contribution at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash totallylit. This will also help with equipment and podcasting platform fees. I love to interact with our listeners, so feel free to say hello either by email or social media. You can email me at totallylitpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn and Twitter and on TikTok if we're not banned. I've also recently created a group on Facebook called Totally Lit Writing Community. It's a space to continue the conversation and share your writing successes, events, launches and latest projects. Jump into the group and say hello. Thank you for listening to Totally Lit and don't forget to go out into the world to read, write, create, ignite.